Amen. Thank you, choir. Pastor Edgar, thank you, orchestra. God bless you folks. Amen. Well, it's a cold, brisk morning. I've got to make sure that my campsite's all set. Um, I, I confessed last week that I'm not much of a camper, but I know that you need a shelter. You need clo- clothes. Who put this here? That's over my long underwear. What's the deal with that? I guess that was supposed to be like that. And I got my fire here. You need that. Let me see if I can start a fire. I'm not much of a camper, but I think I might be able to start this fire. Let's see here. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not much of a camper. Did it start yet? All right. Good. It feels warmer in here. Got my water here. Got my frying pan with my breakfast going right in there. That's good. But it is brisk this morning, so I need a little more clothing on, I think. I brought my my real warm coat today because it is rather cold. You know, camping, even though I'm not much of a camper, I do know that you need this stuff if you're going to survive in a camping situation for very long. Shelter, food, water, clothing. We understand that for camping, but do we understand it in our spiritual life? You see, we need to get back to the basics of life. We need to get back to the basics of our spiritual lives. There are really things that we can do. There are things that you can do in a practical way that if you consistently do those things, we're going to talk about them, you will grow in your walk with God. Every follower of Christ should be growing in their relationship with God. That's how it was made. Now, we do all go through highs and lows, valleys and mountains. Understand that. But overall, through the trajectory of our lives, our spiritual life should be like that. Because the way God set it up is He's given us these tools, if you will, to participate in that would help us draw closer to Him. We call them, if you will, the basics. That's that's what we're calling them these next five weeks. The basics. Bible study, accountability, service, intercession, and community. The basics, you could say, is a picture. This is a picture of the first century church. Those first followers of Jesus Christ. You could say that these are the things that they really had down. Was it because... They were smarter than us? No, no, no. They weren't smarter than any of our fifth graders. Was it because they had more resources than we did or we do? No, we have libraries more than when they, what they had available to them. But even so, they turned their world upside down. Why did they turn their world? How did they turn their world upside down? Well, it must have been because of their passion for football. I mean, oh, I knew that was going to slip out. I don't know why that happened today, but no, 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 not football. Their passion, they turned their world upside down because their passion was directed toward our Father in heaven and His Son, Jesus Christ. And you know what, folks? The good news is we have the same God today. 
Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have the same God they did. We are human beings just like they were. We have the same potential all wrapped up in us that they had wrapped up in them. Do you believe that, brothers and sisters? Amen. But we need to get back to the basics because that's how they lived. This trajectory up, 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 closer, closer, closer. They got back to the basics. This morning, we start with the letter B, Bible study. Remember last week I talked about my junior high football coach? After a bad game, he would hold up this football, not this one, but a football, and he would say, gentlemen, this is a football. Get to know it. Hold it. Smell it. Get to know what it smells like. Taste it if you need to. If you have to sleep with it, sleep with it. But by all means, never, ever, ever fumble it. Oh, he would go on and on about the football. Yep, to this, dear. Wow, she's good. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, this is the Word of God. This is the Bible. Hold on to it. Grab it. Read it. Smell it. Taste it if you need to. Live by it. But by all means, never, ever put it down. It is a gift from God. From God to you. And He gave us this gift. He painstakingly, if that can use that word for God, down through the centuries made it possible for us to have this book to use. Brothers and sisters, if we want to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ, if we want that trajectory in our lives, we need to be people of the Word of God. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have spent so much time with your word, God, that when Satan comes to tempt me, I think of your word and I use it to defeat him. I have hidden my word in, or your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Look at this quote that I found from C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity. If you examined a hundred people who had lost their faith in Christianity, I wonder how many of them would have been reasoned out of it by argument. Don't most people simply drift away? That's why daily prayer, religiously reading, and going to church are necessary parts of the Christian life. We have to be continually reminded of what we believe. It must be fed. Our relationship with God must be fed. Today, we start with Bible study. Well, Pastor Chuck invited me to come along camping today. I don't know. And, uh, and I think you just curious. brought me along to cook. Is that the deal? We're talking about food today? I wouldn't even think about you that. Oh, I okay. have the frying pan. All right. Well, you cook over here. And, and I don't know. Did Rose Dudash make it here this morning? Sister Rose Dudash, I just have to say that 
I was going to dress a little bit more casual to come camping today. Yeah, good. That makes but, sense. But I went to visit Sister Rose on, on Friday, and she was talking about getting to come to visit to church on Sunday, and her niece was visiting, yep. and her niece says, now it's okay to wear pants to church, and Rose said, I've always worn pants to church. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm glad you have. But, but she said she didn't think so. So I, I thought this would be my, in honor of Rose Doodash camping outfit here today. So I was trying to figure out how to kind of do both. So you cook us some good, you're going to cook the food? Absolutely. Planned sure? on it. Planned on it. All right. Well, go ahead. All right. Well, we're going to talk, though, about that food. But it's right here. The Word of God and what that looks like for us in today's day and age. You know, we're focusing <laughs> this whole year on making Christ-like disciples in the nations. That's really what we want to do, is we want to learn how in the world can we go out and tell other people about Jesus Christ. And we need to be Jesus' hands and feet, and we need to go out into this world and be telling more people about him. But I think a lot of us are saying, how are we going to do that? And we're trying to say probably the best way that we can do that is by getting back to the basics. We've got to get back to the basics and focus on those so that we can make Christ-like disciples in the nations. Now, if you think about it, when Jesus commissioned his disciples to go out and to make those other disciples, they'd already been walking with Jesus for three years. For three years, they'd been walking this earth with him. They'd been sitting at the master's feet. They'd been listening to what he had been saying. They'd been learning from him. And after those three years, he said, now go and make disciples. At that point, they had been around him long enough that they understood what he was about. That's what we have to do. We have to sit at the master's feet. We have to learn from him before we can go out and we can make Christ-like disciples. You see, we live in a fast food world. We want to do everything quick. We want to just drive right through. We want to have drive-through devotions. Or maybe we want to have a five-minute devotional in our cars. We're heading off to work. But you know what? It's time that we slow down. We need to realize that being a Christian isn't just a cultural thing. It has to be a part of who we are on the inside. And we have to figure out how we're going to make that happen. Now, if we think back maybe to the 1950s, I don't know about you. Pastor Chuck's always saying he kind of thinks that's a warm, kind of fuzzy time to think about there. I don't know. The family picture there, sort of the... Father's Knows Best TV show kind of era. That's and why I liked it. That's why you liked it? Father Knows Best. Father Knew Best. <laughs> Would you just get breakfast going there? I don't know. Okay. But back in that day and age, there seemed to be something about the fact that parents realized that part of their role was to tell their children about the Christian walk. There was something about that daily life that just sort of infused talking about Jesus Christ. There was something about the whole family loading in the car and going to church and being together. But you know, now that we're living in such a busy world, I wonder how many of us even get to ever sit down and have dinner together. How many of us ever sit down and eat any meal together? Because we're so busy running off in in different directions. Probably for many of you, I don't know, maybe breakfast is just, you know, throwing the uh, Pop-Tart in the toaster. Or maybe there's not even time to put it in the toaster. We're just eating it cold as we run out the door. You see, somewhere along the way, we've allowed the daily spiritual walk with Jesus Christ to fall by the wayside. We're too tired. We're too worn out. Who wants to take the time to get the family together and do these things? And suddenly, we're just sort of drifting away like the 
quote from C.S. Lewis said, You see, no longer is it a priority, and now we have a generation of children who are being raised without being mentored in what it means to follow Jesus Christ. I had a professor in seminary. He taught personal evangelism, and he used to say, evangelism is better caught than taught. In other words, we can stand here and we can talk all kinds of things about Jesus Christ, but really... The things that, like, our children are going to learn, or hopefully the things that you all learn here, is more about the way we live our lives on a day-to-day basis than about the things that we say. Christianity, the Christian walk, it's better caught than it is taught. Now, this coming year, we really want to embrace what it means to make Christ-like disciples. And just like those early disciples, they caught it. Because they spent time with Jesus. They caught it because they saw his passion and they walked with him in his daily lives. And they understood that they needed the basics. They needed the nourishment. They needed it daily. So today we're going to learn what it means about the basics and understand the scripture that Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28:19, where he said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Being a disciple. What does that really mean? Because being a disciple is related to this Bible study. You see, there are different words if you look in the dictionary about what it means to be a disciple. One of the words is follower. Follower, somebody that goes around behind someone else. That's what the early disciples did, didn't they? They actually walked in his footsteps and and did the things that he did day after day. That's one thing a disciple does. Another word is a believer. Someone that truly believes that the person that's talking to them is leading them in the way of truth. And they believe it with all their hearts. Another word for a disciple is a supporter. One that says, hoorah, Jesus, I believe in what you're talking about, and I'm going to support you in what you do. Another word is a devotee, and that's a much stronger word. There's more passion to that. It means I'm devoted to the one that I am following. And no matter what, I'm going to go the direction that that person or that one is leading me. It's another word, student. That word we also use in Russian, uchenik, to be a student, to sit at the master's feet, to soak in everything that you can learn from the master, and then to have that be your nourishment, to be your food, to come inside of you, and then it shapes you and molds you and forms you into the person that you ought to be. But I tell you what, I'm afraid that we're living in a day and age that was prophesied about by the prophet Amos. Look at this scripture in Amos 8:11. He says, The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Do you understand that we've become so busy that we're actually starving ourselves? We're not taking time to take in nourishment. We're not having any food. You see, it's time for us to break the famine. And you might say, so how are we going to do that? And I think this is a great answer. Are you hungry? Feed yourself. You see, most of us have the food. 
Most of us have it right in front of us every single day, and yet we just pass it by, and we let ourselves starve spiritually because we refuse to take the time to take in the nourishment that God has for us. This morning, I want us to think back to some very practical ways into how this can be done, how we can devour this word on a daily basis. And I want to think back to that phrase about it's better caught than taught. So if you don't mind, I'd like to take you back home to my family. Now, this is in the 1960s, so we had color. And uh, this is my family. Those are my three older brothers, along with my mom, and that's me. We were living in Germany at the time. But I just remember as a kid, what were the things that I learned living in the home there? Well, one thing that was important to my parents every day was that we would have family devotions. And we used this book called the Edgar Myers Bible Story Book. Did any of you use Edgar Myers first service? There were a bunch that had used Edgar Myers. Some of you know this. And every morning we would have family devotions and we would read one of the stories out of Edgar Myers Bible Story Book. And we read it year after year after year after year. And it didn't matter if we were little or if we were teenagers. We read this book every day of our family's lives. But while we were living in Germany, life was a little bit slower maybe than here in America, and that worked for us. And we would meet every morning, and we would have breakfast together as a family, and we would have family devotions together with the Edgar Myers Bible Storybook. But when I was in grade school, we moved to America. And I have to tell you, America, you know it. It's fast-paced. We're all going everywhere. Everybody's heading off to sports and doing all this different stuff in school. And what are we going to do? And all of a sudden, we discovered that we were no longer getting together and having family devotions. And a month went by, and a couple months went by, and and it just wasn't coming together. And I remember my parents having a family meeting. And they said, let's all get together, kids. And they got us all together, and they said, we have a problem. As we are adjusting here to life in America, reading the Word of God and praying together as a family has no longer been a priority with us. So what are we going to do to make that different? And as a family, we agreed that every one of us would get up 30 minutes earlier every morning just so that we could have time to have family devotions. And we did. And we got up. And we continued to read Edgar Meyer's Bible story book for the rest of our years. But, you know, I'll never forget when my two older brothers went off to college, and they were quite a bit older than the younger two of us, and... And I remember them calling home and telling my parents, they said, you know what, we're doing really good in these Bible classes. And they said, you know what, they're teaching us those stories that we used to read year after year after year after year in the Eggermeyer's Bible storybook. But, you know, when we got married and we were starting our family, we said, you know what, we've learned this from my parents. So what are we going to do? And so before our very first child was born, before Christy was born, we went out together and we bought this book, The Children's Bible and 365 Stories. We couldn't find Eggermeyers anymore. And uh, so we bought this. And the very night that we brought Christy home from the hospital and that little two-day-old baby was laying in her crib, we actually opened the Bible and we read her a Bible story and prayed over her. And it was a practice that continued every day while our children still lived in our home. And you can see, after all the years, we continued to read day after day, year after year, taking the time of what I had caught from my mom and dad to make it be a priority 
in our family's life. What are we doing? Are we taking the time to have family devotions? Or has it become uncomfortable? It's no longer part of our practice. One morning when we were having family devotions in Moscow, um, as it was our practice, whoever was at our home got to join us in the morning for those devotions. And uh, we often would read a story, and then we would have little quiz questions to see if you were actually paying attention. And uh, I remember one morning we had a girl that was visiting with us. She had been over there on a work and witness team. And so she had come. She was from a Christian family. She was from a church of the Nazarene. And they had been helping to build on one of our buildings. But she had to leave early. So she came and she was sitting around our table in the morning. And we were doing what we always do in the morning. And we came to her question. And she just said, oh, I can't answer a question. I can't answer a question. I said, why not? She goes, I've never done this before. I, I just don't even understand what's going on here. And uh, I thought to myself, you know, how true is that? How many families, how many of us that are a part of the church would family devotional time be foreign to us? I will never forget one morning, um, Chuck and I were outside of the city of Moscow. We were out having a pastor's retreat, and we called home. Our girls were teenagers, and we called them, and we said, hey, girls, you know, what's up? Just checking on them before they were going off to school. And I said, what are you doing this morning? And they said, well, we've just finished breakfast. And they said, and we've also finished reading the Bible together and praying before we head off to school. And I said, praise God. They've caught it from their dad and from their mom. You see, we've got to get back to the basics, folks. It may not be easy to carve out the time to do it, but we've got to get back to the basics. The next uh, story is about Susanna Wesley. Let me just throw this in here. The mother of how many kids? Uh, 11, I think. That lived. Okay, 19. Yeah. And she decided that she needed to help disciple every one of her children. And so Susanna Wesley would set aside one hour every week designated per child so that they could have one-on-one time with mom, and she did all of their biblical training. A mom that said, this is going to be a priority. This is going to be a difference in my children's lives. And her two sons, John and Charles Wesley, people have said that there aren't two men that have changed the world as much since um, Peter and John, as you get to John and Charles Wesley. Pretty amazing. What else did I learn at home? What else was caught? You see, one time, I snuck and found my mother's Bible. Have you ever done that? <laughs> it's kind of interesting. You know, Mom, kind of, it was kind of like holy ground, Mom's Bible and stuff. And, and I, I found her Bible, and I was flipping through it. And you know what I noticed? I noticed that there were all these markings in it. And I noticed that there were comments along the margins and things. And I did feel like I was touching holy ground. And you know what I learned? I learned that when we went out the door in the morning and we went to school, that my mom's prayer time and time in the Word was just beginning. And as soon as we went out the door, she would sit for an hour or more with the Word of God. And she would just let that Word in her private devotions just soak into her and into her life. Her Bible, it made a difference. Something else I caught from home was this little phrase that I learned from my dad and mom. This was what they always said, plan your work and work your plan. And that was what life was like, plan that work and work your plan. But let me tell you something, in relation to reading the Bible and Bible study, if you don't have a plan, if you haven't decided how it's going to work in your life, it's not going to happen. You actually have to make a plan, and then you actually have to work your plan. If you think it's sort of going to fall into your life, I'm sorry. 
that will not happen. And so somewhere along the line, you have to make a decision that you are going to commit to something that's going to help you with this Bible study. So I ask you today, what are you willing to commit to? Are you willing to commit to having family devotions? Maybe you're a single parent. Can you set that time aside to be with your children and have family devotions with them? Doesn't have to be in the morning. Doesn't have to be over a meal if you can't do that. Figure out what can happen. Can it be right before bedtime? When can it be? Can the television be turned off? Can 15 to 20 minutes be given to spending time with Jesus as a family together? Can you figure out some way that says, yes, it's going to be a plan and I'm going to figure out how to make it happen? If you have no children and you're married, can you figure out a way that you and your spouse can spend some time being nourished together? Can you think of ways that this can happen? You've got to make a plan. What about your private Bible reading? Do you have a plan? Do you spend time being fed on a regular basis? You see, we are passionate about it here. We want everyone to be in the Word. We don't want you to be starving. We don't want you to be living in a time of famine. So today, just something practical in your bulletin, there's a read through the Bible plan. I know you've seen these before. We've set these out years before, but we're, you know, are we still working the plan? Are you still doing it? If not, I want to encourage you today to pick up the plan. I want to encourage you to say, I'm going to do this. Now you might say, Pastor Carla, there is no way that I can read the entire Bible through in one year. I just can't do that. That's okay. Can you eat a little bit of nourishment every day? You could take a plan like this and you could say, okay, I'm going to read one of the chapters that's assigned for that day. That's fine. It's okay. Do it. Pastor Carla, what happens if I miss three days? I'm just going to give up on the whole thing. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's okay. It's not a competition. Pick it back up after three days and find your day and just keep on going. It's all right. Don't give up on it. Plan your work and make your plan. And if this helps you, then do it. I challenge you to join us in reading the Word every single day. Now I want to talk to you about something else I think you've got over here around the fire today. It's getting really warm over here, too. Is it getting hot? Okay. Are the eggs done? I think I burned them. I think they're runny. (laughs) Okay, one or the other. All right. They're runny and burnt at the same time. Um, (laughs) I want to show you something today. This is called the Life Journal. And this is how serious we here at Grace Point are about getting back to the basics. Because I believe that it is so important that you need to be fed every single day that we have purchased some of these journals and and we are encouraging you, if you do not have something like this, to purchase one. I wish I could just say I could give them all away and I can't do that, but uh, we did buy them in bulk and they are for sale for $5 today after this service and I'll be out there in the foyer and I can talk to you even about it. But this life journal is a tool that can help you learn how to read the Bible every day and how to get something out of it every day. If you don't know how to do it, it's okay. A lot of people don't know. And so pick one of these up. Let it be a tool to you. There's a number of pages in here. And Gary, I'm not going to show them. Just keep flipping, but I want you to stop at the one that says soap. 
If you go through the pages, it's going to just give you some instructions on, uh, on how to use it. These are what some of the pages are inside of it. But uh, there's one main page that talks to you about how to read the scripture and how to get something out of it. And it's got this outline on it. It's called SOAP. And SOAP is just a simple way that when I read that chapter that I've been given today, that I'm thinking, okay, what can I get out of it? Now, I have to confess to you, I used to always wonder, okay, I need something kind of earth-shattering, kind of the voice of God talking to me kind of thing. But you know what? Sometimes we get just simple, practical help from the Word of God in maybe kind of crazy verses that you may not even expect. So you would write down S for Scripture. O is for observation. What have I observed in this Scripture today? A, what is the application? What is the application of the Word to me today, to my life? And the letter P, what is my prayer that I can write out? That's the bulk of this. The bulk of this is a bunch of empty pages where you can write down what the Scripture is saying to you every day. The book also contains the the reading list for the whole year and other practical tools. But let me, uh, let me mention this to you. Let's just do a practice soap. All right? So I was reading the Word this week, and no joke, I get to Levitic, Leviticus chapter 3. And verse 16b says this, All the fat is the Lord's. And I'm thinking, okay. Okay, Lord, so like what deep theological thought, you know, or whatever, what inspiration do we get from this word? Because, see, sometimes you're reading and you're going, man, I'm reading this Old Testament stuff. What am I going to get from it? So I'm thinking all the fat is the Lord's. What do I get from that? So I write down the letter S in the scripture. I wrote down all the fat is the Lord's. Then O for observation. My observation was this, that uh, the observation was that God said that you as humans were not supposed to have the fat, that when they were doing sacrifices, that we were supposed to give all the fat to the Lord. It's my observation, but my application was this. How much in life does the fat come along? The stuff that's kind of hard to chew and gristly. And how often do we try and just deal with it ourselves? And God says... All the fat is the Lord's. Stop trying to deal with that yourself. Stop trying to struggle through it. It's simply mine. It's not even yours to mess with. And from a verse like that, I began to rejoice and praise God. All the fat, it belongs to the Lord. And then I wrote a little prayer of thanksgiving. I want to tell you, for the last year I've been doing this. And God has been teaching me more truth out of his word than I could have ever imagined. Because he's showing me things that I probably would not have stopped to have taken time to have learned. It's pretty basic. It's just Bible study. But what are you doing about your personal Bible study And finally, let me add this. There's a place for group Bible study as well. And here at Grace Point, we offer a lot of opportunities for that. If you are not involved in a Sunday school class or a Bible fellowship class, let me know. Let me help you find one. Let me help you get connected. It's the way that you can be studying this word, getting this nourishment together as a group. It's a good place to belong. 
And if you're wondering and you're new and you're thinking, where do I do that? Let me just share with you that beginning February 21st, we're starting a brand new class called Christianity 101, starting from the very beginning. It's going to be taught at this hour at 1045 in the gym by Pat Hurley. So you'd come to first service and then you'd go to that class. But we'd love to have you be a part of that. We also have women's Bible study on Thursday nights. There's a lot going on where you can be feeding on the word together. You see, B is for Bible. Are you hungry today? It's time for the famine to be broken. It's time that you learn to feed yourself. Plan your work and work your plan. It's that basic. You see, it's the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Let's stand together and sing it one more time with robust. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. You know, brothers and sisters, there are things that we all can do that God can use to help us get closer to Him. This is number one. This is extremely important. You can do it. Nope, nope, nope. Better yet, you must do it. We must do it. As a matter of fact, Carl and I, we haven't really in our homes for for a number of weeks, months, we haven't really been getting together to do Bible study together, and we need to do that. It's something we need to do, too, because we're busy, too. So we want to make a point to to incorporate that in our lives. We'd ask you to join us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this tool, this blessing that you've given us that we call your word. Thank you that it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. As your faithful followers, help us to dig deep. And Lord, teach us. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's followers said, Amen. God bless you.